What is up, Florida? We are live once again from Studio 67. Uh, go ahead and kick back and pour yourself a drink because this is Happy Hour with the Analysts. My name is Jared Grigas. I am the finance and tax analyst and recently picked up water and ag as well. I'm going to kick it over to Shiloh real quick. Shiloh, what are you tackling these days? Hey, everybody. I am tackling all things health, safety, and justice as well as broadband. Very cool, Shiloh. And up in our nation's capital is our resident Beltway correspondent. It is Sarah Henley. Sarah, tag in. What are you tackling these days? Hey, Jared. I am taking on all things federal and community and urban affairs. And you're doing a darn good job at it, Sarah. (laughs) You too, Jared. (laughs) We have got a great show for you guys this week. We're gonna be talking all about housing, uh, but in the meantime, we are gonna go over to Shiloh for our question of the week. All right, everyone. The question of the day is, if you were stuck on a tropical island with someone famous, who would it be and why? So we'll go ahead and start with Jared. What you think? If I was stuck on a deserted island with one famous person, I'm going to go beyond the grave here. I'm going to bring back Anthony Bourdain. He is something of a uh, personal hero of mine, super witty, interesting guy, and I bet he could, uh, you know, whip me up a a mean meal out of uh, a coconut and uh, some some monkey. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Some monkey, what? I don't know, meat? I don't know what part of a monkey you're supposed to eat. <laughs> Sarah, what you thinking? All right, so this one took me a while to really figure out. I had to think about it because my first reaction would be like, who do I want to hang out with, right? But I think I have to be a little more resourceful to that question. So I would go with, if you've seen the show Survivor, one of my favorite shows on CBS, the host of Survivor, Jeff Probst, has seen 42 seasons of people literally surviving on an island. He knows everything. I trust him with my life. Jeff, it is for that for that portion. And then, because I just want to do a little plug here for my Ozark fans, um, I would have to go with fictional character-wise, Marty Bird. That man gets things done, and I would trust him with my life as well to get me off that island. Well, Sarah, I do not know what any of that means, um, but <laughs> sounds like a, a crafty answer. <laughs> Two great shows, one reality show, one fictional show. You know, you could also drag someone you hate to the island, you know, kind of bring them down with you. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, let's not limit ourselves here. Uh, Shiloh, what are you thinking? Probably should have thought about someone more resourceful, but me on another island, I want to be making the most of it. So I'm going to say Seth Rogen. Um, I really feel like I just want to laugh. Get some laughs in before you you die. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he would like, if there's one person to go out with, maybe it would be him. He has also gotten really into uh, clay pottery and like crafting recently. So maybe he could like craft you some sort of shelter. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Underrated answer. Thank you. 
All right, so for the topic of the week, uh, we are gonna be talking all about housing today. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we are gonna make some small talk. We are talking tiny homes. Uh, Shiley, you familiar with tiny homes? Yes, I see what you did there. <laughs> you part of Tiny House Nation? <clears throat> oh yeah, it's. I'm, I'm honestly a little bit convinced to join the movement after this. It does have a lot of momentum right now. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, tiny homes are fairly self-explanatory. They simulate all the functionality of a traditional home in under roughly 400 square feet. Now that figure is according to the 2020 update of the Florida Building Code. And although there's no universal consensus on when a home starts and stops being tiny, uh, some of these can get down close to 100 feet. Uh, I mean, that's practically the size of the studio we're recording in right now. And they are able to pull this off with all kinds of wild space-saving tactics. You know, Murphy beds folding out of the walls like you're on a cruise ship. Uh, hidden storage, multi-use furniture. Uh, all of this begs the question, why would anyone opt to live this way? Uh, I mean, it is not often you hear someone say, God, I wish this house had less space. And yet here is this booming movement uh, that, you know, seemingly spawns a new TV show and more believers every day. Now, I think a big part of this is simply cost cutting, uh, you know, with housing prices in the state just going through the stratosphere. Uh, people are looking for alternative ways to live, and tiny homes are kind of presenting this opportunity to cut costs not only because they're smaller, uh, but also because their portability actually allows for them to be built in areas with lower construction costs uh, and then ultimately imported into their ultimate destination. Uh, to the second point, they are becoming increasingly popular, not only with you know owners and residents, uh, but also with urban planners uh, who see them as sort of a crafty way to build these, these boutique communities without massive capital expenditures. Beyond this, I think a second appeal is something like environmentalism, uh, where people are looking for a simpler life with less clutter, less resources, and, and less wasted space. Yeah, I saw that like, a part of this movement is becoming more minimalistic. I know that they have like a huge Facebook page um, for them now, don't they? It is unbelievable. The uh, The Florida Tiny Homes Enthusiasts Facebook page is up to 16,000 members. Uh, and, you know, you'll see these accounts on Twitter and TikTok that, you know, share these super luxurious tiny home videos and they'll get, you know, literally millions of likes. Shiloh, since tiny homes are popping up all over counties across Florida and we're seeing some interesting conversations going on at the local level with how to regulate tiny homes, do you see this going to a legislative session? Do you see it being a state priority in the future? According to a recent article from NPR, the Tiny Home Industry Association is looking to actually introduce legislation to the Florida legislature next year. And so something that that uh, legislation would look like is amending the state department of motor vehicles code so that tiny homes on wheels won't be considered rvs that is certainly something to monitor going forward shiloh uh, i think it's important to note that a lot of our local communities have you know a wide range of codes and regulations on the subject so a one-size-fits-all approach probably isn't appropriate uh, but hopefully they can take steps toward greater clarity on the issue, uh, as well as consistency to avoid these administrative headaches for, you know, tiny homeowners going forward. 
And I think it's important to even go back to why it's important in the first place. I know that a lot of people are experiencing eviction because there is not a clear definition of what a tiny home is. And so they're because they're not abiding by the proper codes um, and the zoning requirements. Now they're having to leave these homes and give up their dream of living in these tiny homes. Because of that, even you're, you're seeing a lot of people kind of flying under the radar in these tiny homes. And so truthfully, uh, there, there's not a way to even tell how many tiny homes are out there and how many are being occupied because a lot of people are trying to kind of stay off the grid. Um, to, there could to be one in your backyard. Exactly. You never know. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. Would you guys live in a tiny home? I was just about to ask that, Sarah. That's crazy. Personally, I could not. I would be way too claustrophobic, and I'm deathly afraid of cockroaches. So, <laughs> so clean your tiny home. <laughs> but in a small space, it's hard to get away from them. I guess. Is what yes, you're that's exactly what I'm. I, I could do it. I'm. I'm not a proud man, you know. Okay. <laughs> I could definitely live in a tiny home. I'm like not someone with a lot of things. And, you know, rent is already costing me a fortune, so might as well have it in a tiny home and be able to travel, maybe. And, you know, you can always try it out. There's a lot of, I know specifically Alachua County had, um, there was a couple that had expanded, I bet, I think it was like, 15 Airbnbs. They mm -hmm. all, like, they built up these tiny homes after the pandemic. Um, and it became this huge um, way for them to, I mean, now it's their source of revenue. Um, so you can always try them out in Alachua County, or I'm sure there's probably other ones around the state as well. I have got a stat for you there, Shiloh. Um, on Airbnb, um, searches related to tiny homes were up 790% from 2019 to 2021. So, wow. you know, this is not just something that you see on, you know, popular TV shows like Tiny House Nation and Tiny <laughs> Paradise and stuff like that. This is something that people want to get out and experience for themselves. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, the more we can, like I said, provide a, uh, an, an ample environment for, for that to grow and, and, flourish uh the better <laughs> were you a part of that 791 percent search don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> i would love to stay in a tiny home but i do think they are hard to find honestly sarah you'll have to try it out and then get back to us yeah i'll try it out for you guys i actually Legend. did I, I was on airbnb the other day and i was on the like there's like the special homes category or whatever and i was looking at an igloo in finland and it was like 140 <laughs> you know finland dollars a night um and feels like a steal to me <laughs> jared's going to finland all right <laughs> fun fact shifting gears a little but uh staying on the topic of affordable housing we were hoping to clear up some misconceptions we have been seeing recently in the media and amongst our community regarding the so-called sweeping of affordable housing trust fund dollars within the budget this past session. Uh, the misconception as it goes is essentially that funds were purportedly swept, so to speak, from the uh, State Housing Initiatives Partnership Program, or SHIP as it's known, toward the recently developed Hometown Heroes Housing Program 
contrary to what you may have seen, this does not fit the uh, very narrow definition of a sweep, which refers very specifically to the diversion of funds from a certain trust fund to a GR. Uh, that does not describe this particular allocation. In fact, both are programs administered by the Florida Housing Finance Corporation. Uh, there was still a little bit of controversy surrounding the Hometown Heroes program, mostly regarding the lack of any sort of statutory framework. There was a bill by Senator Hooper, I believe, uh, moving through the legislature this past session that did establish the specifics of a similar Hometown Heroes program, uh, but it ultimately did not pass. Uh, so as of right now, uh, some might say that they are kind of flying blind on this, uh, but Florida Housing is moving forward with the program regardless, uh, and Senator Hooper's bill is remaining a, a source of inspiration uh, on how they're administering the program, uh, and it officially launches uh, June 1st. Uh, so hopefully we get some, some further clarity on, on how they're going to be administering that program going forward. Thanks for that clarification, Jared. So essentially what you're saying is that the legislature did fully fund the state and local housing trust funds this past session. Is that, that correct? is correct. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And to keep up with the news, we wanted to give a county shout out to one of our fellow South Florida counties that are addressing affordable housing. Sarah, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Of course, Shiloh. So our county shout out for the week is our very own Miami-Dade County. On May 3rd, 2022, the Miami-Dade County Board of County Commissioners unanimously voted to create a tenant's bill of rights. And this ordinance will go into effect as of May 13th, 2022. And essentially this tenant bill of rights was created to address uh, the affordable renting housing crisis in Miami. Miami-Dade County has the highest proportion of cost burden tenants in the nation with more than half of tenants spending more than 30% or more of their income on rent. So the housing crisis in Miami has also created a lot of negative impacts of the health and safety of the residents there, including an increase of homelessness and also it's forced a lot of the tenants to live in bad conditions whether that be buildings with structural damage or water leakage so this bill of tenant bill of rights creates an avenue for tenants to uh, voice their concerns and make sure that they're heard Thanks, Sarah. Uh, I think this is just an awesome step in the right direction uh, for an area that is, you know, working very hard to, uh, you know, kind of find some recourse uh, for the, the challenges they're facing regarding home homelessness and uh, affordable housing or, or lack thereof. Uh, and so, you know, cheers to Miami-Dade for, for taking steps um, to, uh, you know, give their tenants some, some power, give them some resources uh, moving forward. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, Sarah, what kind of uh, what kind of stuff is specifically included within this tenant bill of rights? Absolutely, Jared. So this bill of rights creates protections for withholding rent to pay for neglected repairs. It protects tenants from retaliation if they seek government help with a landlord. It allows tenants to make repairs and deduct that from their rent with specific requirements surrounding that. And a couple of other things is landlords must comply with a 60-day notice now, a notice requirement for rent increases more than 5%. And there's a 
lot of other things that this Bill of Rights does and lays out, and you can find that all on MiamiDade.gov's website. That all sounds very cool, Sarah. Uh, a lot of that seems like just common sense policy. Uh, and so, like I said, it's it's awesome that they are taking the initiative to uh, hopefully turn the tides of this affordable housing battle. Uh, so again, Miami-Dade, we cheers to you. Yeah, shout out to the 305. And just to wrap things up, we're going to go ahead and let you all know some of our announcements for the week. We do have a special session coming up next week that is going to be addressing property insurance issues in the state of Florida. So we will be following that and keeping you all updated in our next podcast episode. And last but not least, we are also having our annual conference and educational exposition on June 28th to July 1st at the Hyatt Regency Orlando in Orange County. So definitely go ahead and check that out on our website. And if you have not signed up, we definitely encourage you to join us as we look forward to addressing many different issues in the state of Florida. Thank you, Shiloh. That is all the time we have for you guys today. Uh, but until next time, uh, Sarah, would you like to do the honors? Absolutely. Remember, every hour is analyst hour. This is Jared, Shiloh, and Sarah signing off, and we will see you guys next time.